content warning, this podcast contains mentions of racism, homophobia, biphobia, and we mentioned the word dyke once. Hi everyone, welcome to Queer Sounds. My name is Hannah, pronouns they, them. Thank you again for listening. Um, before we start the show, I'd like to make you aware that there is a Patreon page, patreon.com slash queersounds. Um, follow us on our socials, that's Queer Sounds Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, this is a very short intro, I'm just gonna, gonna cut it short and, and shine the spotlight on our guest for today. A fellow journalism major, a chairperson for Maruf, and a former radio host, Dunya. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. How are you doing today? Thanks so much. I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. I've uh, had a lovely little bike trip. You know, you got to exercise. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I've I've highlighted some points on your resume. Um, mm-hmm. Can I correct you on one thing? Sure. I never was a host. I was always the the producer. So uh, the one right. who does the hard work but does not get the recognition. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, enough time to 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 get the recognition you deserve on this show today, I reckon. Um, Thank you so much. Um, I've uh, stumbled upon some articles, and we could have met way sooner than we actually did. I do think so. Uh, so one example would be the Women's March 2019, years before... Um, the Reclaim Our Pride event in Amsterdam as well. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's funny how you just kind of get lost in a group of people and then, you know. You were there? Yeah, I was. Amazing. I actually, I also saw someone else who I just, uh, I don't know them uh, personally, but I've uh, gained some information on them lately. They're, there's uh, uh, more and more in the spotlights. And then I was looking back at uh, the event. I made a, a movie of the people who were there, just a scan. So I might also have footage of you without us knowing. <laughs> All right, well, yeah. uh, dig through the archives, see what you can do. I will. Um, but um, let, we should probably let people know what, what the Reclaim uh, Our Pride event was. That was basically a big get-up, like, um, in, in one sentence, pride is queer anger, not capitalist profit. Um, is 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 that would you agree with the way i put it there yeah i love it sometimes we say it's a it's a not an anti-demonstration but like a demonstration against a demonstration (laughs) yeah like a counter protest (laughs) yes counter protest yes thank you indeed that's what it is all right um the other stuff uh for example maruf that's like the main uh way we got connected this time a organization that uh, fights for the rights of uh, queer Muslims uh, or people with like a Muslim background, like some people with a migration background from like uh, Muslim countries. I think that yeah, let's uh, save that part of the conversation for later because I feel like there is a lot to say on that stuff. So let's just you know clump it all together instead. <laughs> uh, so we actually have the time to properly talk about this, but for now, let's start with the music first track of the day Muzzy Star fade into you
peek behind the curtain here um during this song my my internet my chrome just crashed um i don't know what happened but a little bit of a heart attack i'm glad everything got resolved by the time uh we're at the end of this song <laughs> um but yeah without uh with 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 all that resolved with all that out of the way fade into messy star 1993 uh so dunya enlighten us why why did you select this track for today well, to be honest, I can't even really remember who tipped me on this song or where did I find this song, but it's a song that brings me back to um, uh, times that I was uh, in love. And uh, in particular, when I was about 20 years old and I had a lover um, who lived quite far away from me, from uh, um, which I wouldn't find far away now, but at that time it was far away. And it was actually a time where I just started living uh, on my own. So I just gained my freedom and um, I had a, um, the freedom to visit them uh, and to sleep over. And, um, and it was in my uh, early years of finding out that I'm queer. So um, at the time this person um, identified as a woman, um, and then again, when, when I listen to the song now, it doesn't remind me of the person per se, um, but the feeling of freedom. 
and the feeling of being in love. Yeah, and I could tell a little bit while the while the song was playing, just kind of floating along, kind of and in the in that in that soothing waltzy rhythm that it's got. Yeah, um, it's so melancholic. And and what I remember, if you if you um, uh, Google the song or how do you say it, if you if you try to find it on YouTube, there's one um, comment in the comment section, and it perfectly describes what this song, uh, what this song is giving you, what kind of feeling it is giving you. And it, the comment said. Um, it brings me back to a time I never knew. Mm. And I'm like, perfect. That is the feeling that I have. Because it brings me kind of back to that time. But at the same time, it's not... Um, I don't think it was true, you know? I think it was that I needed... That I had some kind of fantasy or romantic ideal. And that is what it brings me back to. Right, yeah. I mean, you've got this sense of freedom. You've got this sense of romance. But at the same time, that very image of it is you know, over-romanticized, yeah. kind of got your nostalgia goggles on. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Um, is it is it representative for the music you still listen to on a daily basis? Or is it just something that that uh, brings Perfect you down question. to memory lane? Yeah, no. It's, uh, I, don't, I even think that if people who are really close to me hear the song, they would never know that I have special feelings with this song. <laughs> so it really does not represent... I still like these kind of songs, so... Um, sometimes I, I say, uh, try to, how do I say, it? I try to explain it kind of a Lana Del Rey genre, but, but it's so personal. It's so me that I would never listen to this music with other people, for example. It's really my thing. And I don't think it's, it represents me, but it might represent a part of me that people don't really know. Right, yeah, it's uh, something that's not really shared out in the public space. Like, it's just something you, that's also like, it's so, uh, I don't want to say personal or emotional, but like, it almost, feel, it, it almost kind of feels like invading a private space when you're, mm. you walk into a room and someone is listening to this song, like, the message is clear, like, okay, I'm not supposed to be here right now, they're having a moment. <laughs> yeah, I hope so indeed, yeah. I do think, and I think it also brings along some um, prejudice, this is, I don't know if I, if I say it correctly, but I do think that when you hear a song like this, you might have this hippie-esque picture of the people who would love this kind of music or something. And I would not fit the, the profile. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I do think that's, I like that. <laughs> so um, what, what is the type of music you listen to on a, on a daily basis? So now in the last couple of years, it's especially Afrobeats. So that's like African pop music. But I do, I thought of this earlier, like I knew you were going to ask a question like this. And I thought, I don't think there is a genre that I did not like. So I do have phases in my life where I'm into some type of music. And then I, I uh, in, in Dutch, you say, you play it great. <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> uh, I keep repeating it until I'm sick of it. And then I'm like, okay, I, I need a new type of music. Um, and I do think I I could really like go to any party and enjoy myself at least for a bit. Yeah, yeah but I think Lily's more it's more Afro beats. It's danceable music. It's it's also more relatable to my own personal background or my identity. Right. So um, if we're gonna talk about your own personal background, like what what's like the song that like the first song that you actively remember liking. Like a very young memory, like music when you were like five or six years old, maybe. Uh, yeah, I remember. Can I say a couple of songs or yeah, 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 bring it in. 
Okay, I remember Diana Ross, uh, Upside Down. Um, I remember, um, what's her name? Is it Nini Cherry? I'm not, so, I'm not sure. Uh, I remember um, mm, 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 some, some old 80s music, I think. It's, it was the 80s, and it's music my mom liked. So my mom played it for me and then would dance with me. I, I couldn't actually remember that. And at the same time, it was like Arabic music. So uh, Amr Dieb is like this big pop star from the 80s, 90s, beautiful, beautiful man who, uh, who uh, my mom also played a lot. And I, I remember f finding him beautiful as a little girl and uh, in that way, f also liking the music. So I think that is actually the first uh, uh, yeah, memories that I recall of music. And then at some point you start developing your own taste in music. Like what were some key artists there? Um, at that point, I got, I think I was six years old that I got my own s stereo uh, in my room. So I had like my private uh, moments with music. And then it was, um, yeah, especially the radio that I had to listen to because uh, I didn't, I didn't get any other music uh, on cassette rec uh, recorders or how do you say it? cassettes. And um, then it was especially radio. So then it was like top 40 music. Um, yeah, so then we're talking about early 90s. Um, and it was like pop, some hip hop. Um, I can remember Hanson with Mbop. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, Tupac. Uh, so that was, uh, that was the music that I started listening to then. And, but also really like can I say childish like Barbie girl and that that kind of music also right, was yeah. like you so, know you yeah. know grow, growing up in Europe in 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 the early 90s you're gonna get some like very mm, what's the word I don't want to say guilty pleasure uh, yeah but it, like, yeah. like very tongue-in-cheek type of Euro dance yeah. yeah like it's it's it might be sexualized but you're a child so you're not you don't you don't make that link so yeah <laughs> right exactly yeah. you just kind of don't make the connection they're talking about sex but you know whatever you're a kid and you just like a fun melody yeah um, and, and you have no idea because you're not you didn't have any sexual education you're a kid you yeah or so, english education um, for that yeah. matter <laughs> sorry or english education for that matter yeah well it's it's good that you that you say this because I did. I do think I learned my English via music, yeah, and TV. I think like most people, but I do think it was a big help in my uh, English education, actually. Oh, right on. Um, yeah. You said uh, uh, Arab music was already like around from an early age, and mm -hmm. you know, to it, that must be because of like the environment you kind of grew up in. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. What, what, in what other ways do you think that kind of influenced your, your taste in music? Like the artists you my, listen to? My environment? Yeah, I mean, for example, like you said, the music your, your parents listen to, like that mm -hmm. always plays a huge part. Um, are there, for example, par uh, things your, your parents used to like and you still enjoy? Oh, it's really funny. <laughs> uh, something that my, uh, especially my friends and, and my partner really think it's really odd about me is that I know a lot of old Dutch songs and I'm talking about 70s songs. I'm talking about songs my surroundings do not know these, these days. They're like, how do you know them? And it's because my dad sang them and he didn't sing the whole song, but he would sing a, a sentence 
um, or, uh, or uh, you know, or I would say something and he would react on it with a sentence of a song. And I all, I memorized that. So up until now, I can sing some songs along that other people are like, oh, hold up, how do you like, and, and I like it because it also comes along with the prejudice of being a migrant in the Netherlands. Uh, and the prejudice is that migrants in the Netherlands don't assimilate, don't, you know, don't integrate, all those kind of things. And I'm like, oh, my God, you don't know my dad. <laughs> so so I do think those got, that is really, really funny. And I do think that played a part. And I must say that uh, uh, the older I got, so also when I was like seven, eight, nine years old, I already like didn't stop liking Arabic music because my parents are from Morocco. So that is the, the the background. And I got more into the American pop music. And yeah, so I think that that stage is really different. Then my environment became my my room where I was alone with my radio. Mm. Um, so that influenced a lot. And from there, um, how, uh, let's see, let's see. I kind of kind of want to see how I'm going to phrase the question here. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I, I kind of, want to like want to make a very poor segue here (laughs) like it's such a poor segue because we're talking about both arab music and dutch music you're not choosing sides in the same way queer uh queer muslim people don't need to choose sides between their identity and their religion like yes like it's just the bluntest segue possible but (laughs) well i think i do think you made a great effort so (laughs) So mm-hmm, I know what you mean. I'm all for transparency <laughs> here. No, but let's let's talk about Maruf because you got involved there at some point. Um, yeah, you're the chairperson now. What does that entail? Uh, that entails not much. Just um, I'm um, I'm one of the co-founders. So uh, we started out in 2012. I think we a couple. So um, I met some people. Let's call it that way. Um, and we met at an event and uh, apparently we were actually looking for each other without knowing we were looking for each other. What were you looking <laughs> um, for? So we were looking for other queer Muslims like us. So, um, and it was, it was for all of us separately that we knew queer people, we knew Muslim people, but we didn't know queer Muslims in our direct surroundings. So, um, we went to events and then at a certain event, we met each other and I was like, okay, let's keep in touch. Yes, let's keep in touch. And then um, one of these people, Dino Suenich, which is uh, the director of Maruf, um, he was involved in a uh, project that was going to um, um, establish, or it was, a, yeah, they wanted to establish a queer Muslim community in the Netherlands. Now I say it very broad. So, um, um he reached out to me and uh, three other people and we just started a group and we said yeah let's go what do we have to do for this project um so we uh, organized events we uh, we had the privilege i always call it like that to go to south africa for training from uh, queer muslim organizations who were already established there um this organization also hosted uh, annual retreats um, which we were invited to. And then there we met people from all over the world. So it was really super cool that we as a bunch of youngsters, um, we were in our early 20s, um, are meeting people who are already working on this subject for 20, 30 years and uh, uh, calling themselves imams, had these educational backgrounds. And 
um, for us, it was just like we were among these great people. <laughs> so um, we learned real quickly a lot. We were real quickly in very important spaces, um, uh, which also uh, inspired us to go through because the, the project was just one year. And then we were like, okay, we have to establish this in the Netherlands. Uh, we, we've seen so much growth in ourselves in this last year. Like we, we want everyone to have this growth. We want, you know, people to have a place that we were looking for. So, uh, and, then, and then we just started. We, st we uh, developed a, a program, an empowerment program. Now we call it a study program. Um, and yeah, I think now we're up to... I think we we have a community of uh, of uh, 300 plus people that we know of so that yeah. are that are in a way connected to Maruf uh, affiliated did a program came to our events and are still in contact with us um and like yeah the 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 chairperson story is just we formed a board I was board member first then uh, Dino was the chair uh, Dino became director. I became chair. <laughs> All right, fair. Yeah. Um, so the the empowerment program. Well, you said you just called it differently, but the yeah tracks study that program. Yeah. It's okay. So what does that what does that entail specifically? It's just like you know teaching people how to cope with all of their parts of their personalities, or is that too easily put? Uh, that is actually the main uh, goal of the of uh, so so it's always a study program of a couple of months. And we try to make the groups as small as they can be. So we always say like a maximum of 10, 12 people. Sometimes the group are smaller. Uh, last year, is it last year? The year before we had a group of 18. So we did think that was too much. But we try to keep the group small. So the sense of uh, being in a safe space is enlarged. Um, and what we actually do um, is we put a group of people together that actually do not know other queer Muslims or... Uh, or do know people but so the first goal is already reached you connect them and then indeed we it's a study program where we um, uh, together study like okay what's really in the Quran about queerness what do we know about queerness in in history of Arabic of Arabic history for example um, um, uh, but also what is uh, uh, what is uh, a soji, so sexual orientation and gender and uh, identity and gender expression. Um, we try to be updated so they know the last um, um, uh, updates on it. Um, and, and then along with this, we try to uh, give them, but also us, because we're always learning uh, together with the group. Um, we try to see, seek for new interpretations to make our lives easier. I think that's bluntly put, but it's it's a good uh, summary of what it is. Right, yeah, it's like uh, a mixture of a, a mixed exchange of information like you're not you're not just learning, you're not just teaching them like all of the people who are affiliated but also just kind of exchange ideas all of the people Definitely. who kind of want to get their thoughts out of the way have their headspace is cleared. Yeah. Yeah, so, and next to that, along good. with that, we have like this peer um, peer program. So along with that, we connect uh, them with each other. And we also have uh, conversations with them if they're like stuck with their feelings or, or they just need a buddy to listen to. We always amplify that we're not um, caretakers. Is it caretaker? Helpful, Lena? Right, um, yeah, like social worker. 
yeah, we're not social workers. We're all we have different backgrounds. One is a, a, a lawyer. The other one, I was a journalist. The other one was a teacher at a school. So we don't have that background. And we also amplify that. And we try to also to redirect people if they need a psychiatrist or whoever, then we try to connect them with the people we know, we try to help them. But um, we do want to emphasize that. That's what I want to say. Um, yeah, yeah you're, you, so really you won't take any responsibilities. You won't take on any responsibilities that you're no. not capable of taking on. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, All right. yeah. Yeah, let's dive back into the music. Uh, Centrope by Aziz, right? Centrope. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Why, why, why are you giggling now? Did I? Did I I'm giggling because I know this. All right. Okay. Um, if if you if you uh, if you will ever invite my colleague Dino, um, I might have stolen his song <laughs> because I know this song because of him. But it became an anthem within Maru. But we'll listen to it first. <laughs> All right. The Maru anthem, Centrope by Aziz. Here we go. So two things about this song. Um, one, I think this artist was representing Bulgaria for the Eurovision Song Contest at some point. And the other thing, I took a look at the lyrics, and as far as, you know, robot translations go, this song is hella anti-capitalistic, and I'm loving it. <laughs> Have you seen the video, though? I have actually. I have. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing. I think this is the epitome for me what queerness is. 
So that is why I, I chose the song because, yeah, I think at the first time I saw, I was like, what? Like you, you, you dive into your, into your um, biases. Like, how is this possible in a country like Bulgaria? And, and uh, it didn't, isn't he arrested? Aren't they arrested? I don't know. You know, so it brings up so many questions. I think. Oh, I love the video. And in that way, I also love the song. It's like a song that always comes back, comes back at, at every Maruf party. <laughs> I mean, there was some controversy around them at some point, right? I, I actually don't know a lot about the singer and the song, actually. Yeah, there must um, be. <laughs> I mean, if, if we're going to have a quick look at their Wikipedia mm -hmm. page. Um, yeah, born and raised in Bulgaria. Okay. Um yeah, no. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. So they weren't arrested, but a campaign for one of their albums got got censored because mm -hmm. it it portrayed uh, the 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 artist and their, I assume, boyfriend, uh, shirtless kissing. So the government was like, "Yeah, okay. How about you don't?" Um, yeah, <laughs> hard. It, and and that was in two thousand and seven. So I don't know if if. They've gotten any more chill on this, but who's to say? Um, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, I, I've I've seen the video. It it has a hyper feminine energy. I was indeed. Yeah, it, and, and isn't it also that that they are like so kind of sexual with the with the with the uh, the woman in the so there's this I can't remember actually. Yeah, no, uh, we'll just drop a link in the show notes. Make sure to check it out yeah. if that's something you're interested in. People but yeah, must it's, check it out. there is no ambiguity i want to say around like the gender expression of this person because this type of hyper feminine energy is something you cannot act um yeah no but the the entire sexuality part of it, i mean yeah it's 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 just super cool a person owning their 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 queerness yeah. and um in the process, uh, calling out some 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 hyper capitalist tycoons who are hiding in the Maldives in their rich fancy houses and they should be overthrown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing! Yeah, yeah, it always brings a smile on my face. So, yeah, yeah, and, and you so. know, I was thinking about like, okay, um, Sam Smith. Uh, Dua Sale. I was thinking about queer people that I know that sing, but I don't always like their music. So that's one. There. And there are some people that I, I like their music. Can't remember. There was this, what was the name? I can't remember the name, but there are some, some queer people who make music that I really like, but it's not for me. I, have, I don't have any feelings or special things around them. So, and then I thought of this song. I thought, yeah, this must be it, even though I might steal it from somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it happened before. And also, you know, it's uh, okay. I won't do two songs. Like I won't, I won't repeat songs, but it happened before. Like when people were like, I want to, um, let's see what's, what's an example. Like I've had two people pick Whitney Houston on the show. So I don't know. That's, Oh um, yeah. So an, an, yeah. another Aziz song would be welcome in good time. Anyway, um, with this, um, with the video and the energy it radiates, uh, it brings me to the following question. Uh, how do you personally experience gender? Mm. Um, I personally um, identify, or my pronouns are she, her. Although I must say that I have um, used the pronouns as they, them. But from a kind of a political aspect or something, a few years ago when it was just 
just going to the surface and but I was in all these conferences in in queer environments where people already were talking about using they them pronouns and I went along with it because I thought in that way we'll uh, make more noise about using these pronouns um, at the same time it made me feel like I was stealing a pronoun that is not mine or something so it made me it made me reflect on it more and then I was like oh I, I might just use she, her, and then it's fine. Uh, so I do reflect a lot on gender, also on sexuality. Um, and I uh, am a cis woman, at least I think, uh, because I also you know. know a lot about intersex people and I know there are many, multiple, uh, 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 yeah, it's not the good word, but forms. So, but let's, yeah, let's, let's say that. And I, um, I do love fem female or no feminine energy, like you said. I just I love makeup and uh, I love uh, having my hair out and I love showing my curves and I love dresses and all those kind of things. And as a society, we said that's feminine. So, so in that way, that's why I would describe myself as feminine. Right. So you kind of feel comfortable in the mold people have given you, apart from like the fact. Like you feel comfortable in the mold people gave you. You just yeah. kind of resent the fact that there is a mold. Indeed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then also sometimes I also feel like sometimes I'm, I'm at events or at places. And a good example actually would be the We Reclaim Our Pride. Right. So I would hang out with people who are very diverse in their gender identity or expression. And then I'm there just looking like the stereotype. Um but it never made me uncomfortable or anything. I do know like, okay, that's just how I look and I feel comfortable indeed uh, with it. But um, um, but it wasn't always like this. I, I remember in the beginning of my studies, uh, it was also like uh, the beginning of finding out who I am. I was like a 19, 20 years old uh, when I knew I was, um, let me say this, I thought I was straight and then I knew I liked women. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm bisexual or am I lesbian? So I identified as a lesbian and later I identified as bisexual and later I identified as pansexual. Um, I'll tell you more in a bit about it. But then at the time that I thought I'm a lesbian, I thought I have to change my uh, appearance. So I cut off my hair. My hair is actually really long. Um, it never grew back. It's always this length now. Um, but I really cut it really short and I really wanted this, this, this dyke haircut, you know, I wanted to be, I wanted uppercuts and I wanted short hair and I stopped wearing my makeup, stopped wearing dresses and skirts. It was cowboy boots and, and, and jeans. And, um, and I, I also, to make the link to music, I also started listening to other music. Um, oh, really? so more of these queer artists, but not only queer artists, but also, um, I, I went to study journalism and um, at that time it was really uh, the mainstream to listen to indie punk. I don't know if I say that. If, All right. Uh, yeah. Like the 2005 great wave of indie with Arctic Monkeys and Friends for Yes. And, Arctic yes. Monkeys, indeed. The Crooks or what's the name? Yeah, the Cooks, uh, there was exactly, a couple. Yeah. And I was wearing uh, All Stars all the, uh, and, and fans and listening to this kind of music. And that's why I say I, don't, I do think I had every genre in my life. <laughs> and it also um, says something about how I felt. I was really boyish to, to say, um, say it like that. 
my expression. Um, and I, I was only hanging out, almost only hanging out with male friends. So, so the, the, the guys in my class and I also, they also referred to me as one of the boys. So yeah, <laughs> so I, it got a little bit, you know, hmm, is the, is it though? And it was also kind of comfortable for me to identify as a lesbian and hang out with the guys and not experience any sexual harassment, for example, or, or uh, yeah, I might have joined in with them on, you know, right, talking kinda. about hot women and those kind of things. Some so. internalized misogyny going on. Yes. So that would explain a little bit of the, of I can't even remember what your question was, but it, it's like a different era again with different music and right. different. We started um, with the question, how do you experience gender? And from there, yes. we just kind of dove into your history. Um, yeah. <laughs> is there, um, are there specific, is, is, is there some specific music that would, for example, say, make you feel more feminine or masculine? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't think I um, connect it with gender anymore. Right. Music from the way or... I see your wheels turning right now, like you're, you don't want to exclude the possibility. Yes, I'm very much that person. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm very much that person because I do know that in, in times of, of lack of knowledge, so let's call it that way, when I was younger, um, I might have said things like, I remember I was at a conference once and then it was about sexuality. And then I said, I like men and women. And then I remember mm -hmm. someone saying something about it, about it being binary. And I, I, I didn't know what the word binary meant. Also because it was in English and my, that's not my native language. And then I was like, oh, and then the person really made me think because I thought I've been in love with a, a trans man. And you know, what does that say about me? And is it really, do I believe in binaries? And then that process started. So that is also the process that I try to reflect on my sexuality, like, what is that? So that's why I said pansexual would be more my thing now. Yeah, but also in a way where bisexual doesn't necessarily mean two, right? It's, I feel like it's, I'm still a little bit in the fog about what exactly the difference is. I mean, I'll figure it out along the way, but for now, I think, if I understand it correctly, like, bisexual would rather mean there are some clear divisions of people I don't like, whether their pan is more like, I like everything in a, in 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 a way. Um, I don't know. Yeah, there are different. So so the one of the main. Um, I'm a I'm a trainer in prof of profession, so I also train in sexual diversity at schools or anything. And then I noticed that a lot of people um, uh, describe being pansexual as someone who uh, falls for the uh, interior instead of the exterior. So you like a personality instead of, a, of people's bodies. And I don't agree with that actually, because I don't, I don't see myself in that. I would say it goes away from the binary. That is, I think for me, for me as a person, that is the difference. Because when I say bisexual, I, I amplify the binary. That's how I, I feel that I do it. Yeah, no, but um there there would be many people who would disagree with you like in, yeah, in the sense that um a bi bisexual doesn't necessarily exclude non-binary people personally i don't really feel the term like just from an emotional perspective i don't mm -hmm. identify with it but you know um I, I feel like this is a hot topic i am not capable of dealing with right now but it does but i do feel like it needed to be addressed so, so what would you think would be a, what would be a more chill uh, thing for you to say? 
about my about my own sexuality you mean or mine or, or yeah or yours um i'm not entirely sure if you're if you're cool with pansexual then then go ahead and claim it right um Queer, queer is also queer, like queer, yeah, just general umbrella term. I don't know, yeah. maybe, maybe if we really want to dive into it and overanalyze, we could get into like the split, atta- uh, split attraction theory. Um, but you know, that's that's a whole can of worms we don't have time for right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I said now I identify as because I know there will be a new term later, and I'll just claim that term. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like move along as language evolves. Yeah, um, indeed. You know, which is a great thing and in about the end, language for other you know? people. Yeah. Sorry, it's a great thing about language, you know, the fact that it constantly changes. Yeah, indeed. And you know, in in, in other words, um, I'm I'm a cis woman being with another cis woman for as far we know now. So in other people's eyes, I would be a lesbian or I'll be in a lesbian relationship. So, what are words, you know? Indeed, but we need we do need them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm glad we've got them. Um, yeah, me too. And you know, the most important thing is that people should be free to describe themselves especially when it comes to terms like gender identity or sexual attraction so yeah I, I, let's 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 compromise on let's compromise on that I, i'm not entirely sure i feel uncomfortable i feel uncomfortable um because because i feel like i should be reading more uh reading up more on this but i haven't let's as long as i didn't make you feel uncomfortable <laughs> oh no this is definitely me just talking into a hole talking okay. myself into a hole this is just I me love I love reflections. It's a reflection. It's good. <laughs> right, and uh, you, dear listener, are, uh, are 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 there when it all happens? Uh, me developing myself, me becoming a better person. I hope I can help you become a better person as well. I don't know. Maybe you learn something from listening to this here podcast. Um, I, I I I I need something to to distract myself. Let's get into some music and uh, and after that, pretend I'm cool again. track there 
Money by yeah. Marty. Um, yeah. A Dutch How do you artist. feel, Hannah? How do you feel? <laughs> um, I feel a little bit rushed, actually. So yeah, no, I'm 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 good. I'm good. I've got my breather. Good. I've got my well, breather. you're doing great, and I'm enjoying myself immensely. <laughs> I'm glad you are. I'm glad you are. Um, but yeah, so this artist, a, a Dutch one with Ghanese roots, I want to say. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you're their manager, right? Yes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's like shameless promotion here. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, you got a little bit biased, yeah. but you know, if if this is someone who's been steadily giving great shows in in a world where that was still possible, um, how did you get how did you get involved with that? I was working as a producer at a radio station, as we said previously, and um, uh, we had a. Um, I, w I was just discovering this African pop music, so Afro beats, and we. I tried to make it more. Um, how do I say that we would play more Afro beats artists at the time that I worked there? I think they only had one or two songs um, um, in their playlist. And I was really like advocating for more of that music and I was really into it. And we did once we did a show on how Afrobeats was going to slowly install itself in the Netherlands. And uh, there was this DJ, DJ Henry X, he came by and he brought along with him a new undiscovered talent and that was Amarty. And that was our first uh, um, connection. All right, yeah, and we and, just and, hit it off, and from there it's like, hey, let's let's work yeah, on career together. We kept in touch, yeah, and then um, there we had this uh, talent show on on the air, and I was like, he he must be in this talent show, he must uh, compete, um, uh, and he did, and he won the show, so it was really cool. Uh, they were really happy and great, and then um, I think a few weeks later, I would um, have another job. And he knew that I would uh, have some more time and space to do other things. So he made his, uh, he took his chance and asked me to work with him. And then ever since we were together, so that's uh, now about more than five years ago. All right. And since then, yeah. you played on like one of the biggest showcase festivals in Europe, Nordeslach. You also, uh, they also played the, one of the biggest talk shows of the Netherlands, freely translated as the world turns. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, what else? What else have you like? Some some pop awards, some like, yeah. I, I he did bet, some big yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I bet I bet like your connection within like the radio world also helped you achieve those goals, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. We made use of our network, and um, um, I do believe he could have been bigger if the Netherlands was ready for this type of music. And um, it's just it's it's a niche in the Netherlands, so that is why. Um, he's also at the moment, he's in Ghana and um, he's also doing great things there. Uh, he has also great connections with big artists and we might change strategy and um, go for um, for the African countries instead of the focus on the Netherlands. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not entirely sure if I agree with you with the fact that the Netherlands just aren't ready for this type of music. It's just they aren't ready for like a black person playing this type of music because you look at like bands like Gorillaz or... Um, like a few years back, like um, uh, what what what's their name again? Jungle by Night, like that. Those 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 groups of like white art school students who play Afrobeat or like try to play Afrobeat, like that's. Mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. Well, you do. You're yeah. right because you do see Dutch uh, um, producers. Let's uh, say uh, I'm just gonna call names. 
uh, I want to call names, but I forget their name. Anyway, indeed, uh, white boys producing Afrobeats and being a huge star here in the Netherlands. Young Felix is his name. He makes Afrobeats and it's just hit after hit because it's like also with big uh, uh, Dutch artists who are already uh, more established in our urban scene. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's okay. Yeah. I also um, I also saw him call out like one of the main Dutch music platforms, uh, which uh, kind of made me made me chuckle a little bit because you know that's one of like um, like an another point of racism in there is like a black person making music from Amsterdam must be a rapper, right? It's like nah, yeah, dude, I'm a singer. Yeah, he made a hashtag. I'm not a rapper. I think something like that. Yeah, yeah. because it was always uh, yeah, he would always be identified as a rapper, and he. Yeah, he might have rapped in the beginning, but nobody knows. Like, so he's really a singer indeed. So, yeah, we also moved away from that and just said artist or performer, you know. Right, yeah. But I do think he is the best performer there is. I truly, I might be biased, but <laughs> but I do really believe that. I, me as a, as, a, as a manager, hearing his music all the time, I still play all of his music. And when I'm at a concert, it's it's just because he is with the crowd and he makes sure that he wants to see the crowd also enjoying and he, he loves to dance. He can dance, he can sing. So he throws it all in a mix and he'll give you all his energy. And I do think that what, that's what makes a great performer. Um, is there, is there also a, a clear, a queer aspect to this story? Is there a queer aspect to this story? Mm, not from him or, or the band, but I could say something like for me as a queer person being in, uh, surroundings where there might not be a lot of queer people, so my uh, urban music scene or something. I do think it helps because I do. We do have conversations on on queerness or, yeah, just me being part of their circle says something. You know, it also, mm. yeah, removes the 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 yeah biases or prejudice uh, back to those words um of of people of color not accepting being acceptive of uh, of queer people but mm. we are <laughs> queer and of color so yeah and i guess and, it also takes away some blind spots when it comes to like marketing just yeah like, also yeah you know. also so um uh, uh because of my network he also uh once got invited to this uh, queer festival and we did play and I think it was last year that he wore a t-shirt saying uh, why be homophobic, transphobic, racist, if you can just be quiet. Right, yeah. And I did think, I did think like, uh, I know artists like might feel that way because let's be honest, they have queer stylists, stylists around them and those kind of, you know, family also. The, but he really wanted to make a statement on stage and he wore it and he, he also said something about it. Like he took a moment to address his shirt and, the, the state of, 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 yeah, I don't know how to say it, but I was really proud. Let's say it that way. And, yeah, not just, um, yeah. not just speaking out for the sake of, you know, the, the, the queer cash that could be rolling in by adhering to that part of the market, but also actually like putting your money where your mouth is. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah right. indeed. And yeah, he didn't fair. wear the shirt at the queer festival. No, he, he wore it at a, at a regular festival and nobody told him it was his idea. It was no plan. It was, yeah, this wasn't That's this a lot wasn't, of love. You can hear that. Yeah, exactly. It is, it, this this wasn't used like, hey, you should you should make a political statement about Definitely that. Definitely not. Yeah, no, yes. Yeah. Okay, that yeah, that, that's fair. How do yeah. you I do feel kind of conflicted about a non queer artist playing like a queer festival? But I 
not entirely sure if that was the idea behind the festival in the first place. It was, yeah, can I call it a queer festival? It was once in The Hague and it was a small festival and they wanted, they actually wanted to, you know, build bridges. So not everyone was queer right, and yeah. not everyone. And to be honest, I don't even know if the band was, knew that it was this open-minded queer festival. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Before, uh, before we're uh, wrapping up, um, there is one more track coming up, which is, where they are a trickle jamila um, yes so share us our thoughts on that share your thoughts on that so what i usually do when i have time i just go on youtube and because my feed is already so uh, influenced by afrobeats uh, youtube shows me the latest uh, afrobeats uh, videos or songs or outputs and um, a lot of african artists um, upload a video first on youtube before it, it appears on Spotify. And that's because Spotify doesn't have this great market in African countries. So in mm. African countries, it's another streaming service and um, um, and YouTube. YouTube is big over there. So um, in that way, I'm always kind of up to date with the latest artists. And um, yeah, this track came along and I already knew Ricardo Banks, who is in the, as a featuring on the song, that's a Nigerian, uh, uh, a singer artist and he I already loved his music he has another song Rora definitely worth uh, uh, to listen to but I didn't know the other artist and now I'm really conflicted I think he's Kenyan but I'm not sure uh, Otili Brown is his name and um, I didn't know him and I heard his voice and was like oh amazing so this song has this sensual like I'm already like moving along with what I'm saying it has this sensual vibe and it makes me think of sensual things and that's why I like it and I like it extra because the title is Jamila and Jamila is is uh, is also an Arabic name so yeah I have a little bit more feeling with that so if we're gonna look at the the, the artists that we've played today it's like um or in the case of uh Otile Brown gonna play did you in like un under the frame of Maruf also specifically select Muslim artists, or did did you just kind of pick whatever you listened to and didn't even give it? A Are second you telling pick? me Otile Brown oh. is Muslim? I'm not entirely sure. Oh, okay, um, I don't know. No, I haven't actually. I haven't thought of the Muslim aspect. Ah. No, no. I mean that's <laughs> I that's not the point of this of, podcast per se. So I just answered the questions like, okay, what what does you bring there? What does this give you for feeling? What is what do you think is the best live performance? So I really just answered. All right, yeah, yeah no, yeah. just kind of with your gut feeling without giving it a second thought. No, just because, yeah. you know, I know that some people like specifically pick pick the songs based on what kind of direction they hope the conversation will take. You strike me like someone who might do that because, you know, you work for a foundation. It's like thinking, okay, you know mm -hmm. what, I really want to promote my work, which you said, because it's a great thing you do with Maruf. Um, Thank you. Um, but yeah, no, I was just, just kind of kind of thinking, so... So, to be honest, can I quickly uh, make a remark on that? Yeah, sure. I did discover Dua Saleh a couple of months ago for the first time. And Dua Saleh is a non-binary, queer, mus black Muslim. So, it, it, like, I would say, yay. But then I listened to the music and I was like, yeah, I love you as a person, but your music uh, not my music. So, I'm really looking forward for seeing Dua Saleh in sex education, Netflix sex education. Oh, really? They're, they're going to be in there? Yes. Yes, they're going to have also uh, 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 playing the part of a non-binary person. Um, so I'm totally looking forward for that. 
but the music I was like, eh. and I saw that one of your previous guests uh, um, named them as a yeah 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 uh, um, this, yeah Paris uh, a couple episodes ago they um, yeah true they they brought in Dua Sala as one of their tracks yeah you're right yeah so I did think of it for a second but then I was like I would be lying if I would say it's a it's a great discovery all right yeah no fair um, so uh, yeah I I guess I guess we're we're gonna keep you no longer in any any suspense we're gonna kick off the last track um before we do i want to say goodbye to you all out there um thank you for listening if you enjoy the show once again patreon.com slash queer sounds get some stickers there some interaction things um you know get a get a little bit more of a peek i i keep saying that i want to develop some extra content as like a patreon perk but you know maybe if i'll say it often enough i'll actually do it yeah that's it thanks for listening and thank you. yeah uh yeah of course dunya thank you for coming by <laughs> thank you for having me all right cheers. Straight to you. I'm all you need, don't go searching for. Been to hell, now we back. Look where we are. Yeah. This kind of love, no be by power. Well, damn in love. Like you when you play silly little love out of the league. Untoto and I'm only always wanna hit the road with me. Wanna be with me. Guess who's feeling you mean? Girl, this loving be real. Streets be military. Guess who's sticking with me? Certain infinity. Finish me, I'm finity. Never leaving me. Never sticking with me. Better. I'm totally physically. I'm a leg by door. Let's go, Jamila.